Hello everyone, welcome back to the main show. It's episode 112, I think, of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. Today we have a glorious little movie, although it's not a little movie, is it? It's kind of a huge movie. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of a huge movie. Um, it's Steve's pick, movie for Nobi, Patreon. We like the Patreon picks. We He's do. picked this movie today. Um, it's a little more recent than we often go on the uh, on the main show. In fact, if you want Morgan's trivia corner as opposed to Janine's trivia corner, which we might get some of, I don't know. That's for Janine to know and me to find out. <laughs> but if you want Morgan's trivia corner, this is, I believe, the third most recent movie we've ever done on the main show. Okay. What are the other ones? Watership Down from 1978. And I want to say somewhere there was a movie that we did from 1973. Okay. In fact, it might have been Fantastic Planet, which is another animated movie, which was from 1973. This movie, of course, is from 1972. Um, and this we movie went, that we're doing... We also yeah. went a little over with Willy Wonka, didn't we? Willy Wonka's 71, yes. Yeah. Uh, Scrooge the Musical is 1970. So, you know, we've hit the 70s a few times, but it's been it's been a little while since we've hit the 70s, Janine. Um you know, it's, it's, it's uncharted territory. It's not uncharted territory, which is ironic, really, because uncharted territory is something to do with the sea and ships yes. and things like that. <laughs> anyway, the movie we are talking about today is 1972's The Poseidon Adventure. Yes. As chosen by Steve. We also have a little deja vu on its absurd remake from 2006. <laughs> Just called Poseidon because yes. it's not actually about the Greek god. Although it would have been a hell of a lot better if it was. Um, but yeah, the Poseidon Adventure from 1972. What I love about these kind of movies is that these are the precursor to the blockbuster, Janine. Yes, I could say that. And it's a, an era of disaster films. It that is. Seem to happen a lot in this time. <laughs> It is. Look at the other huge disaster movie from the early 70s, Towering Inferno. Towering Inferno. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is a massive, massive movie along the same lines as uh, as the Poseidon Adventure. But mm -hmm. one's in a building, one's yeah. on a ship. <laughs> but it's essentially the same thing um, about surviving after a disaster. We did Flight of the Phoenix recently, didn't we? Which is kind of a disaster, disaster survival film, movie. Yeah. Although more of a survival movie rather than a disaster movie. Yes, but it did also have a kind of a bit of ridiculous actiony overly actiony remake it <laughs> as this it one did. did. That was a little bit sillier than its predecessor. <laughs> but I kind of I really like this time in uh in Hollywood to be honest with you because obviously it's the new wave and people starting to make more uh, you know, people starting to make very, very character-driven, director-driven kind of movies. Yeah. Um, but then you still get the blockbusters of like, and I know obviously the term blockbuster wasn't until Jaws and Star Wars and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But things like the Poseidon Adventure and the Towering Inferno are precursors to the blockbusters. They are super successful movies. To like your Independence Days and your Armageddon, yeah, they really are. Big kind of they are. explosive, you know, disaster you type. Get, you wouldn't get any of that sort of stuff without these movies. Yeah. But you wouldn't get Titanic without the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. Basically, you just wouldn't. Um, I mean, I know, I know, in the fifties and stuff, there's kind of disastery based movies, um, but. They're not as hugely successful. Yeah. And that's what's kind of... That's what I love about this era of Hollywood, is the fact that 
these movies are super successful. It's the fact, really, Janine, that mm-hmm. Ernest Borgnine can be an action-adventure movie star. And Gene Hackman, too. Like And Gene Hackman. Like, <laughs> these guys are in the biggest blockbusters of their year. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. For one, I just find it funny that you can get away with being an action-adventure movie star, blockbuster star, with a name and a look like Ernest (laughs) Borgnine. (laughs) Whereas now you have to be Chris Hemsworth. Yes. (laughs) You know, you have to look like Chris Hemsworth and you have to have the nice, ooh, cool name, Chris Hemsworth. What's your name? My name's Ernest Ernest Borgnine. (laughs) And I look like some sort of troll creature. Hey, that's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice, but let's be fair. He's Ernest Borgnine, the most handsome man you've ever seen. He looks like a six-foot-tall Danny DeVito. Fair enough, fair enough. He does. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine is a six-foot-tall Danny DeVito. And Gene Hackman, like, he looks already a bit aged in the 70s, so it's kind of like... Does. Um... And this is the early 70s as well. Yeah, right? Like, so... even... Is Gene Hackman still alive? Yes, he's quite acting, he is, isn't but he's he? still alive, yes. So you've got to think about that. This movie came out nearly 50 years ago. This movie yep. came out 48 years ago, and Gene Hackman looked like he was in his 40s <laughs> yeah. in this movie. I don't think Gene Hackman is in his 90s, but he might be. I mean, he might be. You might be. Janine, how old is Gene Hackman? Do a little search. I want to find <laughs> out now. I know he, he basic I know he retired from acting after what was it? The uh Welcome to Mooseport was his last movie. Either that or um that con movie that I told you about called Heartbreakers. Oh yes. Yeah. With uh, um, Sigourney Weaver. But anyway, that's fifteen years ago at least. Um so I don't know. How old is Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman was out? born in 1930. 1930. So yeah, Gene Hackman is 90 years old this year. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, he, he is enough. 90. Yeah, he, January 30th was his birthday. So. But you know what that means, though? Well, I suppose that means he was 42 when he was when when yeah, the Poseidon this... Adventure came out. Okay. So <laughs> kind of makes sense, I suppose. But yeah. He does. He doesn't look like your typical action adventure movie star, does he? No, he doesn't. <laughs> Yet he is absolutely the leading man of this whole movie. And let's be fair, the movie's great, Janine. It is. Um, you know, you don't expect movies like this to, you know, when you see these big effects budgets and CGI and things that you have, even with the the remake, and you have kind of these overblown kind of things you can do now with a movie of this style you when you go back to watch older movies of this vein you kind of are curious to see how they're gonna do like explosions and action and you know stunts and things like that because it's so more elevated now and it's more extreme now so when you kind of go back to see you know when they had not as much means you're very curious to kind of see how they pull these things off the explosions and the water effects and you know how the actors handle you know having to swim around and things exploding by them and people falling and dying and how those things are going to look in a movie that's you know not of this time so that was interesting to kind of see and i think they did an amazing job with you know the sets and having the ship upside down and you know uh, i actually think i do have a little bit of a trivia corner about some of these trivia corner an official janine's trivia corner yeah janine's trivia corner Yay. So, um, Shelly Winters was the woman who played uh, Grandpa Joe's wife. Oh, Grandpa <laughs> Joe is also in this Grandpa movie. Joe is in this movie, which I don't think, I think you could be with us and say you've never seen Grandpa Joe in anything else other than Willy Wonka. I've never seen Grandpa really... Joe in anything else. I know that Grandpa Joe is actually, I mean, this is a Disney movie that I've never seen, but I know that Grandpa Joe is a voice in the Fox and the Hound. Okay. But I've never actually seen the Fox and the Hound anyway, so no, I've never seen Grandpa. And he's not called Grandpa Joe, is he? He's called Jack Albertson. That's his actual name. 
I've never seen Jack Albertson in any other movie other than Willy Wonka yes, and Chocolate Yes, so it was Factory. a nice surprise seeing him here. But Shelley Winters, who played his wife, uh, she gained 35 pounds for this part. Um, and afterwards, she complained that she was never able to get back to her original weight, no matter how hard she tried. So poor lady. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I find it weirdly strange. Weirdly that she'd strange. have to gain weight for this a role like this. Yeah. Like, why is... I mean, obviously it comes from a book, right? So The Poseidon Adventure is actually a novel. Yeah. Um, I don't I, I don't think I would be particularly interested in reading The, the Poseidon, Poseidon Adventure. Adventure, to be honest with you. I feel like it needs to be viewed. It's very, very... Like, what is actually visual. kind of really... It is very visual. But what's kind of really impressive about this movie, to be honest with you, is that... It's way less of a spectacle and way more of a character piece that's just centered yeah. around this whole um, thing. Yeah. Obviously, disaster of a ship capsizing on a rogue wave in the middle of wherever it is. I think it's actually in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Um, um, but I think. Um, what was I going to say? Um, you get moments to sit with these characters and kind of learn about their dynamics with each other before yeah. all of this happens. Yeah, you do. So um, definitely I can see what you're saying about the character stuff because you get to see, you know, Ernest Borgnine and his wife and their whole kind of issues that they have. And, um, you know, Gene Hackman talking to that other, you know, minister and they're kind of yeah. talking about how his whole ideology and how he sees, you know, uh, believing in seen... God and yeah. his whole kind of ideals for what he wants to do as a minister and um, the little boy and his sister and their whole kind of dynamic. So you yeah. get time to kind of sit with these different pairings of people so that when they come together, um, then you kind you of see how them. they handle these situations. You care about them. You're invested in, you know, Grandpa Joe and his wife and their whole kind yes. of getting to see their grandson for the first time that they haven't seen in two years and, you yeah. know, that whole thing. Like, obviously, I love it even more, just the fact that it's Grandpa Joe. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> what was actually really surprising to find out when doing a little bit of IMD being on this movie myself was that Jack Albertson is actually an Oscar winner. What? What did he win an Oscar for? Grandpa Joe? <laughs> Jack Albertson won the Best Supporting Actor for 1970, um, 1968. For what? If, I, I can't remember what the name of the movie is. Oh I think my it was gosh, like a, seriously? I think it was like a... Um, from what I can remember, it was like about a... A war veteran coming home from war after World War Two. Um, so all are dissing on Grandpa Joe, and he's got an Oscar. Yeah. What? Jack Albertson's actually an Oscar winner. The subject <laughs> <Jeez>. was roses. <laughs> yeah, which is a I don't know what that. You can see why I forgot the title. Yeah. <laughs> the what subject is that? was That's... roses. That's what the movie's called. So well done, Jack Albertson. But you know, you didn't win an Oscar for this or for Grandpa Joe. But you His have most got probably one. popular roles, if anything else. Oh yeah. But um, yes. So I do have a bit more trivia. Okay. Um, it's shot in sequence, taking advantage of the fact that the principal, uh, principal characters became dirtier and more tattered and suffered injuries, some real, some artificial, as they progressed. So okay, I love that. that. Smart. Yeah. I love that. Um. I mean, I don't love that they were all injured and getting dirty, but, you know, that's kind of the point. Yes. Uh, while he and the others are lifting the giant Christmas tree, Rogo mutters, Holy fuck, it's heavy. <laughs> this was a genuine reaction from Ernest Borgnine, and the line was kept. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that in the movie. And I yes. thought, wait a minute, what did Ernest Borgnine just say? Just say yeah. And lastly, uh, except for the most dangerous sequences, all of the stunts were done by the actors themselves. All the actors at one point complained to the production staff about how difficult the shoot was physically. So that's pretty impressive. It is. That's what I mean. Like, the stunt work is really, really mm -hmm. impressive. The sets are incredible. The, yeah. 
effects are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable practical effects. The whole capsizing sequence. Yeah. Where the, where the wave falling. actually hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually hits the ship. It's ridiculously good. Yeah. Like, I'm not usually one for a disaster movie, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I I would never go to a disaster movie to watch. But if it's something like this, this, yeah, this so just well feels done. way more... It's, it's, it's authentic. It's got an authenticity about it. It feels like yeah. going on the... The, the 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 tram tour at Universal Studios yeah. and doing that one scene where you're in the subway and all the water yeah, comes I'm in. Think, you know? Exactly. And that's what fire. I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying about, you know, you're curious to kind of see how stunts and things are going to go in earlier movies when they didn't have like computer effects and all these kinds of crazy things. So a yeah. lot of it is practical. A lot of it is kind of really had to be put together that way. So um, definitely very well done stuff. And it felt more real for sure because you know, they were really doing these things. And I like that these people, you know, we talked about, you know, Ernest Borgnine and uh, Gene Hackman. You don't think of them as like stunt action stars, but to hear that they did most of Yes. And and Grandpa Joe Jack Albertson um, and Shelly Winters gaining her 35 pounds. And, you know, uh, Roddy McDowell and like red buttons. (laughs) Roddy McDowell's doing a weird Scottish accent (laughs) in this movie. I'm not quite sure. Like, I was upset when a few few spoilers will be gotten for you know a fifty year old movie yeah. here. Um, when I, I I was a little bit shocked when Roddy McDowell uh, died so early on. So in early the movie. on, yes, because I was like, I I know him. Like, what? what? Okay, and red buttons and like red people buttons. who are kind of a little bit older. Um, Red Buttons is like, kind of a weaselly kind of dude, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, being with that singer girl who like can yeah. handle nothing. Ah, I'm scared. Nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it felt definitely more real, and especially hearing like these people who kind of you know you wouldn't expect to be doing no. these things, doing most of their stunts themselves is very impressive, and I think it makes it feel more real and uh, more impressive than something newer like the modern remake. Yeah. So, I think. What I really liked about this movie as well was it had the structure that I love, 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 love when it comes to some certain movies where it felt like it went in stages. Yeah. So you had your whole preamble before your disaster, but then once the wave hit and, you know, the select group of people started their journey through the ship... Yeah. Then it was literally like, okay, we're in this next room. What's the problem in this room? How are we going to overcome it? Okay, yeah. we'll overcome it there. We're in the next room. What's the problem in this Open room? There. It was mm-hmm. staged. Yes. So it's kind of and like all... a video game where you have to go through these different levels. Into like I, I feel like the yeah. Poseidon Adventure, the video game, would be excellent. <laughs> It'd be really good. Upside down ship, yeah. Yeah, there's so much there's so much variety in the obstacles they have to overcome. Yes. I particularly love all the the underwater swimming. Yeah. That whole sequence was just excellent. And even with Shelley Winter's character, I liked that, you know, people are kind of calling her fat, like the whole even when they're about to try to leave the big ballroom and she's like just leave me just leave me grandpa joe like i'm too fat to climb that christmas tree (laughs) and you know gene hackman has to kind of talk to her and i like that he kind of you know uses his background as like a minister as a preacher to like counsel these people and stay positive for these people i think that's why the young girl doesn't want to leave his side because you know he's calming her down he's making her feel confident that they can do it and get through it um, and I think that speaks to like his background that they kind of set up in the beginning of him being like a minister or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they like talk about it a lot that she's like so fat, like, oh, I can't get up this Christmas tree. I'm too fat. Oh, I can't pull me up because I'm too fat. Oh, I don't want to get stuck behind this fat lady. Uh, like, 
They do. So for her to like, you know, come out with, you know, I was a, an Olympic diver and I, you know, have this medal for being champion diver. Da, 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 and I can hold my breath for over two minutes. And I'm like, okay, yeah. lady, yeah, do the damn thing. And then she has to go and save Gene Hackman. And she has her little hero moment. And then she like has a heart attack or whatever. But yeah. um yeah, she has her like hero. That. She she has her heroic sacrifice. Yes, um, which you know people kind of putting her down for being a bigger woman the whole movie. So I guess in that aspect, I guess I could see her maybe hearing this or seeing the script and being like, okay, I'll gain thirty five pounds to have yeah. this kind of epic hero moment where I'm saving you know the star of the movie. Yeah, um, I could see her maybe wanting to gain thirty five pounds for that. But yeah, I really liked her moment of kind of being mocked the whole movie, and then yeah, I loved that having that hero moment. Uh, that That's was kind of a great moment. That's why I kind of think that whole sequence was my favorite sequence. Yeah, her, and she's seeing such her do a likable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she's very very likable throughout the movie. Yeah, and just to see her, you know, succeed in that way, and you think, oh, well done, well done. What's her name, Mrs. Rosen? Well done, yes. Mrs. Rosen. Bell. 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 Yeah. Oh god! Oh oh god! No, she's just had a heart attack. Yeah. And and Grandpa Joe's on the other side. Doesn't yes. know this yet. Know that she's yeah. Until he comes through. Um. But yeah, the swimming it, looked really great. And it was um, great. Yeah. It really it was. It was very very. I mean, it's very very tense throughout the whole yeah. thing. But it's mm-hmm. not like. It's not got the kind of palpable action of a diehard or something like that yeah but it's just kind of you feel the tension because it's constantly kind of there's water creeping up behind them every 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 little stage Mm -hmm. so you keep that's in the back of your mind but yet there's still plenty of time to kind of talk with each other yeah and have conversations and really really get to know each other I love that yeah. religion comes into play a little bit with Gene Hackman as Gene well, Hackman. by the way. Yeah. Especially by the the end of his whole story. Yeah, when he's kind of like having this fight with God, like, who else are you going to, you know, yeah. make us lose? And, you know, when he's hanging on that wheel and trying to turn it. Yeah. And he's kind of having this whole kind of back and forth, like shouting out, you know, at the heavens, like, oh, you know, that was kind of a really great epic moment um i see what you're talking about too with the kind of water creeping up but we still feel have that time i think i felt that the most with the scene when they are all kind of going through that tunnel and red buttons keeps looking back and he sees like the water like slowly creeping in and like he's the only one who sees it so everyone's kind of like taking their time walking through this they go crawling through this you know tunnel and he's just kind of gradually seeing the water kind of seep in and creep up so you know i liked kind of those moments of tension it added to the kind of realness of the dire situation so i liked all that kind of stuff it did that's what i like i like a i like a movie i like a disaster movie when it's more adventure than action yeah and this was certainly more adventure than action and there was character the whole stage stuff. thing because with most adventure movies you kind of just have archetypes set up like yeah you know like not really any depth there just kind of like this is the scientist guy this is the guy who's trying to tell you to stop this is the military guy this is the the politician guy the president or whatever and they're just these archetypes and you don't get to know anything about them or their personal life or who they are so you don't really care about them you know um but here i think it works because yeah like i said you get those kinds of early moments with these people and you kind of get to understand them and so then when you kind of see them have to go through this you're more invested so i like that they kind of gave you enough time it didn't feel like it drug on forever before we got to the action i think it was paced well to where you got these moments to kind of talk with these people you got to see you know gene hackman and how he views you know like talking about how he's a bit of a radical in kind of his sphere yes. and the fact that he kind of got sent away <laughs> but he saw it as an adventure he saw it as a freedom to to learn about god in his own way and yeah. so i like that he took that kind of whole momentum and used it in the situation the best way he could 
And I think that was a really kind of interesting choice to make him like a man of God in this kind yeah. of situation where people could question God more than they normally would. So I liked that choice. So I don't know if that's in the book or anything like that, but I thought that was a kind of really interesting choice for sure to make him yeah. a man of God and how he would deal with the situation. Um, because that's always a question that comes up. Like people, uh, when they're in kind of a dire situation, their faith is kind of in question and, you know, we see how that do you in believe this in movie. So, how do you yeah how do you believe in something that could do these things to people you know so i liked that they kind of posed those higher thoughts uh, yeah. in a movie that you could just write off as like a silly disaster movie exactly. you know exactly it gave which it, is it gave why it much more depth yeah yes which is why his finale is so much more effective like it would have been effective anyway because we've come to know him as a character yeah and as a real person with a emotional bond to all the survivors of this in this whole group that we've been through out the whole movie with, mm-hmm. to for him to have his heroic sacrifice at the end as well in opening or, or shutting the steam valve, yeah, and then having to fall into the fiery water, fiery. which I don't <laughs> make, which doesn't make sense, does it? Fiery water that doesn't make well, any sense at all. Well, I guess if there's all. gas, if there's gas on top of the water, then it'll. I just, I just, I, I, I'm confused by fiery water. Which we do water. see fiery water in the new in the remake. We got a whole yeah, scene. When, that. We, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, and we'll we'll get onto a little bit of a deja vu very shortly, of course. <laughs> Um, but I really liked his his sacrifice yeah. because it was it was human and it also had that little bit of a higher question. Yeah, and him kind of, of having question. that debate with God while he's like yeah. turning the thing. I like it. I, like I just that. love that Gene Hackman kind of owns the early seventies big yeah. uh, big budget successful movies. Yeah. I like Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. I, when I do was like the, Gene Hackman. When was the, was the conversation in the 70s? The conversation well? was 73. Okay. French Connection was 71. This yeah. is 72. Okay. I think the conversation was 73. Um, and then, of course, Superman was 78. So yeah. He goes really blockbuster at that point. Well yeah. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, of course. Let's not forget that Gene Hackman is top billing in Superman. Um, yeah, <laughs> he, he's billed first, just above Marlon Brando, and then Margot Kidder, and then, and then... Betty, <laughs> and then whoever plays Perry White, <laughs> oh my gosh, and then so Christopher sad. Reeve. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's quite that bad. I don't think it's quite that bad. Um, no, I really do like seventies Gene Hackman though. He's got. He's just got a presence about him. He's very, he's very kind of, he's weird because you feel like he can do anything. You feel like yeah. he can play really friendly, but also really cold and calculated. But then, he's very, very humane and sweet. Yeah. He's got it all. I like Gene. I Hackman. think he he um he kind of walks that line in a. One of my friend uh, Brianne Miss Movie's favorite movies, uh, Enemy of the State, where he's kind of curmudgeonly oh, okay. and like, you know, that kind of thing, but also kind of an ally as well. So, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, when he gets a bit older, he's more easy to become a curmudgeon. <laughs> yes, um, I don't think he's ever been quite as villainous as he was in Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. He's a very, very villainous, horrible, horrible yeah. person in that movie. Yeah, uh, but again, Gene Hackman's kind of great in it. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to him as an actor that he can kind of play both of those parts of like the yeah. good guy, the villain, the one that kind of like toes that line. Yeah, um, yeah. everybody's great in this movie, though. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, everybody's great in this movie. Like I said, I don't go for disaster movies too often, but I love it when I'm told to watch a disaster movie and it turns out to be it's something great. like this. So thank you, Steve, for telling us to watch this movie. Yes. It's basically you, what Morgan Steve. is saying. And I think is, like exactly we did talk about we did talk about, you know, investing in the characters and I think that's where and making them interesting and have something interesting with each of them that can kind of play later into the story. Yeah. Um 
And I think that's where the the remake was lacking, for sure. Certainly. I didn't really care about anybody. (laughs) Let's get on to a little bit of a deja vu then, shall we, for five minutes, or however long we'll we'll be talking about this for. Two minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, because it doesn't deserve too much talk. Um, Before we do, though, I just want to say, like, I know, I know we, we rag on Jack Albertson and for being Grandpa Joe and all that sort of stuff. But honestly, during the scene when he finds Belle's body at the end of the... When they've all swam under the water and he pops yeah. up mm-hmm. himself and he just kind of, you know, washes his eyes out and gets his breath back and then looks over and sees him. Like, you, I actually, I actually realised... Do you know what? He is actually quite a good actor, isn't he? Yeah. Like, it it just so happens that he's known for playing terrible, horrible Grandpa Joe, <laughs> but he's actually quite a good actor. He is. He is. I think he he probably deserved his uh Oscar in that uh something sure, about the he roses. He probably did. He probably did. I'm gonna watch that movie at some point in my life just to see. I mean, maybe we should do it. Happen. Maybe we should do it for the show, just maybe. <laughs> Maybe just for the... I mean, it's probably not very fun, though, is it? We'll probably be sat there going, well, yeah. what's Grandpa Joe doing being miserable? Yeah. And I don't want to see Grandpa Joe be miserable. I just want to see him dance around and be terrible. I mean, obviously, <laughs> really Jack Albert, obviously Jack Albertson would be going into the Mustache Hall of Fame today if he wasn't already in it for, yes. p- for playing Grandpa Joe. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> um, he's the only one with a mustache in this movie. Yes. Um, yes, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu. Yay. Janine, what is what is Poseidon from 2006 and why does it exist? Um, uh, it's supposed to be a remake of this movie. Um, yeah. Why is, you got why is your Kurt, Kurt Russell Russell's. in it? You got your Josh Lucas sisters. You got some Fergie. Fergalicious up in here. <laughs> oh, she is. Yeah, she is in the movie. Um, basically, all that I remember from this movie is that it's trying to be the Poseidon adventure, but being but way don't... too spectacle about it. And you don't care. You don't get invested in these people as much at all. No. At all. Like, they still try to do the thing at the beginning where they're like, give you little moments with these people, but it's not enough. And it's very kind of surface level. Um, it's also a shorter movie than the Poseidon yeah. Adventure. It's like and the Poseidon an Adventure hour, isn't too long. Minutes. No. Yeah, I think the Poseidon Adventure is two hours, like yeah, two it's hours. It's like hour dead. fifty something, yeah, hour fifty six or something like that. And this one was like an hour thirty eight. Um, you have Richard Dreyfus in there too. Richard like, Dreyfus was in the movie. I kind of half forgot Richard Dreyfus was in the movie because yeah. why didn't they use Richard Dreyfus better? Yeah, Richard Dreyfus likes his ocean based spectacle blockbuster movies doesn't he and i'm not sure why i had this memory that he was like the villain in this movie like he was Mm. you know he was one of those you know when you have that one person in the disaster movie who's taking all the supplies or trying to get away on their own or i felt like he was that character but he wasn't i don't know why i remembered that i I, I want to say i saw this in theaters like when i came out no did you see this in did you see this in theaters because of Josh Lucas? Because I realized who Josh Lucas was after watching this movie. And I also realized that I don't like Josh Lucas at all. Why? <laughs> He's got a horrible face and I don't like it. That's terrible. I mean, he doesn't do that much stuff. Like, I think he's probably best known for, like, Sweet Home Alabama. Um, he, was in, he was in Angley's Hulk. And I think he was, he was a horrible he was the bad person guy. in that. He was the bad guy. Yes. So that's why I don't like him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, apparently he's a great kisser. <laughs> I, I always just think, when I when I think kisser. of him, I remember like J Lo being on the show and she had to rank like her best movie kisses, and he was number oh, one. Oh god. Oh god. Because <laughs> I think I think she did a movie like The Unfinished Life or whatever with like Robert Redford and him. Okay. And yeah, I think she when she ranked her best top five like movie kisses guys she had to kiss like he was number one <laughs> so i was like okay i don't trust that i can't see that but um i don't, I don't yes. trust that at all um, no i i don't, yeah, I, don't I think i, a, I, I think i was drawn against <laughs> Josh Josh Lucas. <laughs> oh, that's terrible um well, maybe he just has to kiss you and you'll change your mind well, maybe i don't know <laughs> um but yeah i think i went to, to see this mostly because of kurt russell because i oh I sure yeah russell. everybody loves kurt russell everybody um, loves and then kurt you have, russell you know, 
Emmy Rossum is the daughter and she's yeah. going to marry her, you know, young boyfriend and that whole kind of storyline that you're really supposed to care about. But yeah, I, I mean, don't care about anything in this movie. Yeah. Somebody dies and like, you don't care. Like they just, it was a big, it was, it was the absolute typical disaster remake yeah. of, oh, look, we've got an older movie that's very, very good. It's a disaster movie. Oh, look at all this technology! Technology we, we have now computers. that we can do that we couldn't that we do can... in nineteen seventy. Exactly, we can't know? do that in nineteen seventy-two. We can do it now. It's two thousand and six. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to put it in every little shot of the movie and make it look absurd. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. And that's what it did. And the movie turns into a mess. A big pile of CGI animated mess. I hated it from... I mean, I don't hate things. But I was turned <laughs> off by this movie from the opening credits where it was weirdly going in and out of the boat and doing weird things that nothing would ever be able to possibly do. Yeah, and it looked like, like a, a video big, game. CGI wave and... Uh, yeah. Janine, there is a difference on portraying oneself like a video game like the Poseidon Adventure in 1972 did, and actually looking like a video game like the Poseidon in 2006 did. Yeah. There's a difference. It wasn't good. The only With... possible good thing is Kurt Russell and Richard Dreyfus. Yes. Would you even remember barely that Richard Dreyfus? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't because he was just forgettable. Yes, so you and don't even Richard care Dreyfus. about these group of people. Like you don't, you get invested in any of their stories. You don't. Um, they, they're easily expendable. Like one person, like I said, she gets caught and like hits her head on a rock and ends up dying. And like you just, you're not really that sad about it because you didn't know where that no. well. Um, no, when it, when you look at the Poseidon adventure, when. Roddy McDowell, even Roddy McDowell, to be honest, who does go pretty early. But mm -hmm. when Belle dies, when Linda falls right at the end, Ernest mm -hmm. Borgnine's wife. Ernest's wife, yeah. And then when when Gene Hackman goes. And you yeah, care you about these people. Yeah. You feel it. You feel their pain. Ernest Borgnine's screaming and crying about his And the young girl Linda crying going. and screaming when Gene Hackman goes. Yeah. And, yeah. I like them two as well. I like uh, the sister and the brother, the young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like that he children. took the time to apologize to Belle. Like, when I said I I could lift 600-pound fish, I wasn't saying that to you. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. that's what you're thinking about right now? He's like, of course. So <laughs> I like that that's where his head's at, that he was worried he offended Belle. That was kind of sweet. <laughs> I like that Ernest Borgnine was just hating on him throughout the whole movie, even though he was always right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because that seems like something that Ernest Borgnine would do. <laughs> yeah. No. Or an Ernest Borgnine character, I should say. Ernest Borgnine's a weird, weird actor as well in that he can play terrible but also really sweet. <laughs> I feel like he's wholesome, but he's also very good at playing tough, I'm not going to listen to anybody else, I'm really stubborn, I'm Ernest Borgnine. Oh yeah, like even when his wife dies, he's like lashing out and blaming Gene Hackman. Yes, he's, he's calling Gene Hackman a murderer and all this sort of stuff, and it's yeah. very emotional, very intense. And you don't get any of this emotion in no, you don't. the remake at all. It's very no, just surface level and just like, look what we can do, look what we can do. And Wolf King, uh, Peterson has done a lot of pretty good action films than Red Line and... Um, Wolfgang uh, Peterson, wait, what does Wolfgang Peterson... Did Wolfgang Peterson... Who did The Perfect Storm? That wasn't Wolfgang Peterson, was it? Like Why do I think that was Wolfgang Peterson? He did Outbreak, he did Air Force One, he did... Um, he did, he did do the Air perfect Force storm. One. He did yes. do the perfect storm. So he's able to do a successful in the line of fire, which that's a really good one. Like, yeah. Enemy so Wolfgang mine. Peterson is actually able to make a movie about a disaster at sea and make it good, like the perfect storm. So And like I have characters that you care about. But you just did not give any kind of nothing about any of these people. So it was felt just like, hey, 
let's just base it off of this thing, loosely base it off of this thing that the flip, the ship flips over and get to show all the little things we can do with a computer. Yeah. Um, That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I think they tried to do this whole thing because I think Richard Dreyfuss' character was trying to maybe commit suicide at the beginning before the wave hit. Yeah, possibly. So, I mean, there was supposed to be some depth of character there, but they, you know, just didn't. And then the girl who dies was like trying to tell this whole story about the waiter that like offered to, you know, bring her on the ship so that she could go see her sick brother. But you don't get any like kind of anything there with that before she ends up dying and you really don't care because you didn't really get to know anything about her either. It ain't got no soul, Janine. Yes. And I think you're supposed to feel something when the Kurt Russell, you know, he kind of does the whole sacrifice thing. Um, so I think they were trying to maybe bounce, uh, switch kind of back and forth, making both Josh Lucas and Kurt Russell the Gene Hackman character. Which I is think probably both... a mistake. <laughs> yes, because like you should have one be the Ernest Borgnine, you should have one be the uh, Gene Hackman. But I think you know Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell, so you want him yeah. to be the lead. But Josh Lucas is the young guy. Hey, yeah. so I think they both kind of were switching between being the Gene Hackman, and so that didn't work. Um, and I think they wanted to give you kind of one person, two people kind of being one character so that when one doesn't survive, you still have the other one at least, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't, I just, and I, even with Kurt Russell, like you don't want to see Kurt Russell die, but when he does this whole big sacrifice, like you still don't really, you don't feel it, feel anything. You don't feel it. So yeah, it's a soulless movie. There was no heart. It was just kind it of wasn't. like, hey, we have a big action premise we can do. Um, and like, it was a much more gruesome, like the ship flipping, the oh, people sure. dying and seeing bodies kind of floating in the water. So I liked the kind of more realism of, you know, the gruesomeness of something that uh, like that happening. So I liked, you know, the more realistic you- portrayal of, you know, you're swimming and you're swimming by bodies and you're swimming. You see all these people kind of just, you know, hurt. Yeah, and but and let, let's not forget. Let's not forget about the one scene um, all about a third of the way through the Poseidon adventure where they have to go through the I think it's a boiler room. And there's a whole bunch of burnt, charred bodies in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So let's not forget about that, because that was effective. Yeah. I just think... And even there, even the originals uh, ship flip in the big, you know, ballroom. Yeah. Like, that was such a great, crazy scene, and it looked great, just people falling and falling through glass, and even the final guy kind of falling through that big kind of... Yeah, the big chandelier. Chandelier in the middle. Yeah, so... um, yeah, the, the the remake did have more kind of, I think, visuals of, like, throughout of kind of seeing yeah. realism of what that could cause. But just no heart, no emotion. Like, no. you want to care. You want to care about people surviving this. You want to care about the people getting to the end of this. And you really don't. So it just no. feels a little soulless, for sure. Yeah, you did. It did. Do you know what I really liked about the start of the Poseidon adventure, actually? I know we do have a call today as well. We which we're going to get to very shortly. Um, I really liked how, and to be fair, all applause, a lot of applause has to go to director, uh, who's Ronald Neem, who, if we don't recognize the name, also directed Scrooge the Musical from 1970, the favorites, best Christmas of movie of all time. <laughs> um, so applause, applause. But at the start of the movie, you know, when it's pretty kind of um, choppy waters anyway, Mm-hmm. The camera's wobbling from side to side yes, and tilting like all the that. time. And you can just tell that the camera guy's just going, ooh, this way, ooh, this way, ooh, way. this way, ooh, this and way. It's really effective. It made me feel ill. Yes, I like that. And I don't think we talked about the captain. Who was the we didn't captain? Talk about, we didn't talk <laughs> Who about the captain. captain in the Poseidon Adventure? <laughs> it's Leslie Nielsen. Yes. Um, <sighs> this, is, this is Leslie Nielsen. I feel like... This is the 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 last chance of Leslie Nielsen trying to actually be a serious actor before he's yes. realised I'm just going to be silly in these exact same movies. Yes. <laughs> because let's be fair. Um, well, isn't Airplane just a shot-for-shot remake of an already 
a, a movie that already existed. Yes. That's pr- got a lot of the same script in there, but it's because it's just, just delivered in a things. certain way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Leslie Nielsen, I'm so glad, turned to comedy because his comedy is so straight-faced. Yeah. It's, it just works really well. Like, I'm, I'm... As soon as I saw him in this movie, I just thought, wait... Is this going to be a little bit funny? Oh no, it's not funny, yeah. is it? This is <laughs> no, this is Leslie Nielsen before he became this. Yeah, it's unusual. I and mean, he was good. He was good, but he dies pretty quickly once the wave he hits. Does. And I do, I do have another uh, comeuppance grievance. I think I think come this, might almost, <laughs> this might also need to be a segment because I, I Janine's comeuppance grievance. <laughs> What's um, the stupid guy who like told them to like go faster or whatever and he's like no it's not safe we just need to do oh, what we're doing yeah. and keep our pace well, no i'm paying you you know i can get you demoted and i can make somebody else do what i want you to do we need you know paying you to get where we need to go and he's like if we do this you know it's gonna be trouble i don't care no, 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 no. like that stupid oh, yeah. guy and i oh. didn't get to like yes he dies obviously he and you die. see you see like a look on his face but i wanted to see him go i wanted to see him like really you want to see feel the full weight of his his terrible decision. You're, um, you're a you're a sadist, Ginny. You just want to see these people. I want to see. I want to see. I want vengeance. <laughs> vengeance. You, want, you want vengeance. You want your comeuppance. God damn it! Exactly. That's, what, that's all exactly. you want. Um, no, they do die though, because right at the end of the movie, obviously, it's a very nice, happy, satisfying ending. Everybody's saved. Uh, they've managed to reach the engine room, which is the thinnest part of the hull of the ship. Yeah. One inch thick, one inch is thinner than two inches, says Gene yes. Hackman. <laughs> um, not at the end, though, because he's dead. dead um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the banging on the hull of the ship, and there's people yeah. banging back who are rescuing, um, and there's some sort of random Europeanish people who rescue them. You can't really quite tell where they are. They're probably from it- Italy. Or yeah. somewhere like that, but they're in a they're speaking a really funny accent that's just arbitrarily European. But there's a helicopter, um, and they all there's a helicopter speak. there. Oh, and but they ask the question: Oh, is is there not any? How many? How many of you are there? Six. And there's no more. What, wait, did you not rescue anyone else? And then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, they're like, do you know what we had to get through just to have the six of us? Like, dude, right? <laughs> yeah. But think of how busy that ship was. The fact that there's there's six people. Yeah. Six people that survived. And there were a lot of survivors, but the doctor led them to their doom. So yeah, yeah. Silly, <laughs> silly people, silly people. Anyway, we do have do a call have... today, Jenny. Yes. So I put I a call out just, you know, hey, tell us your thoughts on either this movie or your favorite at sea epic adventure film. So we did yes. get a call from our good friend Eric Monroe sharing his favorite at sea epic film. Hi, Morgan and Janine. So I think my favorite at sea epic is 1992's Under Siege starring Steven Steven Seagal. Um, Tommy Lee Jones is also in it playing one of the villains and he is absolutely fantastic uh, playing the villain in the movie um, you know the, the story it's kind of it's a little generic but you know with these kind of movies most of the stories are a little generic of action films Steven Seagal or Van Damme and that kind of thing but this is definitely a winner Gary Busey's also in it doing crazy things shocker with him um, so yeah 1992's Under Siege there's also a sequel to the film, which is halfway decent. All right. Well, oh, thank Under you, Eric. Yeah, thank you very much. I've never seen Under Siege, which has always been on my list to kind of watch because, you know, Steven Seagal, any of his kind of action movies are going to always be a little bit. <laughs> well, I've, I've <laughs> never seen I've never seen a Steven Seagal movie, and to be Me perfectly neither. honest with you, I've got very little interest in seeing a Steven Seagal movie, but credit where credit's due. Thank you, Eric. Yes. For um, your love of Under Siege and for calling in. We always love hearing from Eric Monroe. He's great. We love him. Yes. I might have to check um, it out, though, because I am a fan of 90s action in general. So I think I might have some fun with. You know what I like? You know what's happening? Especially with Gary Busey epic. going crazy. Well, yes. Gary, Gary Busey. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, 
all hey, the time. Hey, you did reviews. enjoy him then um when I made you watch a point break. Okay. So. I did. I did. But then <laughs> he, a, Gary Busey became That was early nineties crazy. Today's Gary Busey. And then it just got a little bit upset. Well, this is the same vein. This is the same era of time. The same point break Gary Busey. Busey I, I know so. it is. I know it is. <laughs> Um, do you know what? Do you know what is actually a uh, a adventure at sea epic that I like? What's is, that? Is Master and Commander? Okay. From the the Russell Crowe movie. Well, we might have like to get into that on um on our bonus episode of yes, yes at sea that we do enjoy. That's a really great movie, though. That's a really great movie. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> this is going to have to be a little bit of a shorter episode today. Um, because you know times and things and things and times <laughs> but it's been a hell of a lot of fun we've been talking um Poseidon Adventure 1972 is the Poseidon Adventure directed by Janine Schmodown somebody name something Ronald name <laughs> Ronald See, I, at least I got one of the names this time <laughs> you did you did um it's a great movie I really yes, liked this movie. really enjoyed it. Thank I you so much, to... Steve, movie for yes. no Steve, for picking this movie for us. We definitely enjoyed it. The remake, any not more... so much. But... No, 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 no. Don't <laughs> care. Don't watch Poseidon from 2006, but watch the Poseidon Adventure from 1972. Is there any more that we no. would like to say? No, I don't think I there think is. <laughs> Basically, yes, there we go. Um, it's not the only show we have on this feed, of course, though. It's a wonderful podcast, The Main Show, which is what you're listening to right now. We also have Morgan Hasn't Seen, which is every Wednesday. We're currently in a modern musical series, which is very fun and very nice and all. We like it. It's full of singing. It's great. Yes. We also have Machine Mondays every Monday with Janine the Machine talking all the wonderful schmo-down things to find the whole feed. All you have to do is go on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, whole bunch of others were absolutely everywhere. Or just find us on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in the Because Janine. Three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at just the Purple Dawn. Janine, all your wonderful stuff is at where? Oh, you can find me at Janine DeBean on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check out my tea shop at tpublic.com at g9design to get merch for our shows or check out my artwork and come join our Patreon at patreon.com at It's a Wonderful One or It's a Wonderful Podcast. Just search that on Patreon. Um, and yeah, we have fun times over there. We do fun uh, Sunday live streams with our patrons. You get monthly artwork, fun little videos from us uh, and get to pick topics on the show just like Steve did today. So check yeah. out the Patreon as well. And the bonus content where this week we'll be talking at sea adventure movies that we that all we do love enjoy. Very much. Yes. There's a hell of a lot of stuff on the Patreon. The Patreon is great. Like Janine said, it's a wonderful podcast. Just search that on Patreon. It's that easy. There we go, though. I think there's only one thing left to do, Janine. Janine, do you want to do it in an Ernest Borgnine impression? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Three. It's understandable. <laughs> uh, three. Two, one. Bye. Bye. I've got a golden ticket. <laughs>